0: This episode of the OrthoBullets Podcast will go over the topic of anti inflammatory medications from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. Anti inflammatory medications include non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs that have the following effects anti inflammatory, antipyretic, analgesic, and antiplatelet. As far as the mechanism of anti inflammatory medications, they inhibit the COX or cyclooxygenase enzymes ultimately inhibiting the synthesis and release of prostaglandins. COX enzymes catalyze the formation of prostaglandins and thromboxane from arachidonic acid. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. The COX enzymes catalyze the formation of prostaglandins and thromboxane from arachidonic acid. There are two different COX enzymes that are targeted. COX inhibitors target both COX-1 and COX-2 and COX-2-specific inhibitors target COX-2 alone and do not affect COX-1 function. As far as the indications of anti-inflammatory medications, they're indicated for pain and heterotopic ossification prophylaxis. Contraindications include severe renal disease and gastric ulcers. Now let's talk about COX inhibitors in a bit more detail. NSAIDs inhibit both COX-1 and COX-2. Examples of COX inhibitors include aspirin, ibuprofen, and indomethacin. Aspirin is a salicylate that irreversibly binds a serine COX enzyme residue. Again, aspirin is a salicylate that irreversibly binds a serine COX enzyme residue. The half-life is greater than one week, and it binds to COX and blocks the active site. It inhibits thromboxane A2, and this subsequently blocks platelet aggregation. Ibuprofen is a reversible, competitive COX inhibitor and indomethacin acts on the lipoxygenase side of the arachidonic metabolic pathway, and it inhibits leukotriene inflammatory mediators. COX-2-specific inhibitors selectively target COX-2 enzymes and do not affect COX-1 function. Examples include celecoxib, with the trade name Celebrex, and Rofocoxib with the trade name Vioxx. Benefits of COX-2 specific inhibitors are that selective inhibition of COX-2 results in anti-inflammatory action without disrupting the beneficial effects of COX-1, which maintains the gastric mucosa, regulates renal blood flow, and influences platelet aggregation. Another benefit of COX-2 specific inhibitors are that they can be used in the perioperative period because they do not affect platelet function. Finally, keep in mind that COX-2-specific inhibitors are no more efficacious in treating osteoarthritis than nonspecific COX inhibitors. Side effects of COX-2-specific inhibitors include cardiac toxicity. Some side effects of anti-inflammatory medications include renal dysfunction, gastrointestinal side effects, delayed fracture healing, platelet dysfunction, and cardiac toxicity. With respect to gastrointestinal side effects, These specifically include pain and dyspepsia, peptic ulcer perforation, bleeding or obstruction, and specifically there's a 2% to 4% occurrence in chronic users. Risk factors for gastrointestinal side effects include concurrent anticoagulant use, which is the most important, age greater than 60, and a history of previous gastrointestinal disorder. As far as delayed fracture healing, animal fracture models have shown decreased endochondral ossification in the absence of a COX-2 enzyme. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. Animal fracture models have shown decreased endochondral ossification in the absence of a COX-2 enzyme. Other examples of anti-inflammatory drugs include systemic corticosteroids like a steroid dose pack or corticosteroid intraarticular injections. Side effects of corticosteroid intraarticular injections include local flare, fat atrophy, skin pigmentation changes, and facial flushing. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, which of the following is the mechanism of action of aspirin? And the choices are one, inhibition of vitamin K-dependent carboxylation, 2 inhibition of factor 10a through antithrombin binding 3 binding of cyclooxygenase or cox1 and cox2 4 direct thrombin inhibition and 5 glycoprotein 3b agonist binding The correct answer to this question is 3 binding of cyclooxygenase or cox1 and cox2 so, aspirin works by the irreversible binding of cyclooxygenase. This effect inhibits platelet generation of thromboxane A2, resulting in an antithrombotic effect. In addition, there is a decrease in the level of prostaglandin production due to the COX 1 binding. Aspirin's effects and respective mechanisms of action vary with the dose. Low doses, typically 75 to 81 mg per day, are sufficient to irreversibly acetylate serine 530 of COX 1. This effect inhibits platelet generation of thromboxane A2, resulting in an antithrombotic effect. Intermediate doses, that is 650 mg to 4 g per day, inhibit COX-1 and COX-2, blocking prostaglandin production, and have analgesic and antipyretic effects. Moving on to the next question, which of the following side effects is most strongly associated with the use of NSAIDs? And the choices are 1, hepatic dysfunction, 2, renal impairment, 3, prolonged QTC, 4, seizures, and 5, hematuria. The correct answer to this question is 2, renal impairment. So all NSAIDs have the potential to cause serious renal impairment. To quickly review, NSAIDs work by inhibiting the cyclooxygenase pathway, or COX, which is comprised of COX-1 and COX-2 pathways. The COX-1 pathway is involved in the prostaglandin E2-mediated gastric mucosal protection and thromboxane effects on coagulation, while the COX-2 pathway is mainly involved with the modulation of pain and fever without effect on platelet function. While selective COX-2 inhibitors have a decreased side effect profile, all NSAIDs have the potential to cause renal impairment and their use should be limited in patients with underlying renal disease. Horlocker et al. review multimodal pain management in the perioperative setting of a total joint arthroplasty. Specifically, they note that NSAIDs should be used cautiously in patients with underlying renal dysfunction who are to undergo a procedure with major blood loss. Griffin et al. reviewed 1,799 patients hospitalized for acute renal failure. They found that NSAIDs increased the risk of renal failure by 58% and that NSAID use resulted in 25 excess hospital admissions per 10,000 years of use. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following is true regarding the COX-2 enzyme? And the choices are 1. It regulates normal cellular processes and is the primary constitutive form of the COX enzymes. Two, it decreases prostaglandin production in bone in the presence of certain osteotropic factors. Three, it is thought to be necessary for normal endochondral ossification during fracture healing. Four, inhibition of COX-2 has been definitively shown to impede bone healing in human clinical studies. And five, pharmacologic COX-2 inhibition commonly leads to more gastric irritation than COX-1 inhibition. The correct answer to this question is three. It is thought to be necessary for normal endochondral ossification during fracture healing. So basic science and animal studies have shown that the COX-2 enzyme plays a role in endochondral ossification in certain fracture healing models. Zhang et al. utilized wild-type COX-1 knockout and COX-2 knockout mice to demonstrate that COX-2 plays an essential role in both endochondral and intramembranous bone formation during skeletal repair they found that the healing of stabilized tibia fractures in mice was significantly delayed in COX-2 knockout models. Furthermore, the histology of the COX-2 knockout models was characterized by a marked reduction in osteoblastogenesis that resulted in a high incidence of fibrous nonunion. Austin et al., in their institutional course lecture, review NSAID therapy in orthopedics, and they provide the following information regarding COX-2. The COX-2 enzyme is expressed at low levels, unless it is induced by cytokines and inflammatory mediators and is responsible for the upregulation of the inflammatory system. Normally, COX2 function is to break down arachidonic acid into prostaglandins, thereby increasing their concentration at the site of injury under the influence of osteotropic factors such as TNF alpha. Pharmacologic inhibition of COX1 has been associated with significant gastric irritation as the COX1 enzyme is constitutively expressed and is partly responsible for maintaining the homeostatic gastric environment. Finally, no human clinical studies to date have definitively shown that COX-2 inhibitors delay bone healing. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following is not a described complication of corticosteroid injections? And the choices are one, local flare in surrounding tissues, two, apoptosis of myocytes, three, skin pigmentation changes, 4. Fat atrophy, and 5. Facial flushing. The correct answer to this question is 2. Apoptosis of myocytes. So corticosteroids have not been shown to cause apoptosis of myocytes when injected extraarticularly. Each of the other answers have been described. Cole and Schumacher provide a review of current uses of corticosteroid injections and emphasize that how accurately the injection is placed affects the outcome. Kumar and Newman report prospectively on 672 patients who received 1147 intra- and extra-articular injections. Their overall complication rate was low at 16%, with injection site pain that was mild and bleeding constituting the majority of cases. There was four instances of fat atrophy in the extra-articular group and four cases of syncope or dizziness in the intra-articular group. They did not discuss the efficacy of their injections. Moving on to the next question. All of the following medications bind reversibly to the COX-1 enzyme except, and the choices are one, meloxicam, two, diclofenac, three, indomethacin, four, naproxen sodium, and five, aspirin. The correct answer to this question is five, aspirin. So aspirin binds irreversibly to the cyclooxygenase enzyme. Aspirin acetylates platelet cyclooxygenase and permanently inhibits thromboxane A2 production, leading to its antiplatelet effects. The other NSAIDs that we listed bind reversibly with COX-1. Patrono et al. discussed the pharmacokinetics and platelet effect of both low-dose and regular-dose aspirin. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs compete dose-dependently with arachidonate for binding to platelet cyclooxygenase. Moving on to the next question, corticosteroids inhibit the formation of effectors of the inflammatory pathway via inhibition of, and the choices are 1, phospholipase A2, 2, lipooxygenase, 3, cyclooxygenase 1, 4, thromboxane A2, and 5, prostacyclin. The correct answer to this question is 1, phospholipase A2. So corticosteroids prevent the formation of the pre-inflammatory mediator arachidonic acid from cell membrane phospholipids by inhibiting phospholipase A2. This inhibition prevents the earliest step in the inflammatory cascade. Arachidonic acid proceeds through the lipooxygenase pathway to produce leukotrienes responsible for autocrine and paracrine signaling, or through the cyclooxygenase pathway, either COX-1 or COX-2, to produce prostaglandins. Thromboxane A2, present in platelets, activates phospholipase C, which causes cellular effects resulting in platelet aggregation. Prostacyclin and thromboxane A2 work as antagonists. Prostacyclin is released from the endothelial cells, inhibiting platelet aggregation and causing vasodilation. Moving on to the next question. Arachidonic acid is directly metabolized by which of the following substances? And the choices are 1, carbonic anhydrase, 2, HMG-CoA reductase, 3, 1, lipooxygenase, 4, cyclooxygenase, and 5, thromboxane synthetase. The correct answer to this question is 4, cyclooxygenase. So arachidonic acid is the common substrate that is directly metabolized by cyclooxygenase into the prostanoids, including prostaglandins, prostacyclin, and thromboxane. Cyclooxygenase 1 enzyme, or COX-1, results in prostaglandins responsible for maintenance and protection of the GI tract. The cyclooxygenase 2 enzyme, or COX-2, results in prostaglandins responsible for inflammation and pain. Leukotrienes are synthesized from arachidonic acid by five lipooxygenase, not one lipooxygenase. Mevalonate is involved in the HMG-CoA reductase pathway, the metabolic pathway that produces cholesterol, which is the site of action of the statins. And moving on to the final question, a 45-year-old man is placed on indomethacin for heterotopic ossification prophylaxis following surgery for an acetabular fracture what is the most likely side effect of this medication? And the choices are one, renal failure, two, hepatitis, three, peripheral neuropathy, four, deep venous thrombosis, and five, gastrointestinal ulceration. The correct answer to this question is five, gastrointestinal ulceration. So indomethacin commonly used to prevent heterotopic ossification is associated with a high rate of gastrointestinal toxicity. Berger, in a case-based review of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory use in orthopedics, notes that NSAIDs block the protective effect of prostaglandins on the gastrointestinal mucosa in addition to causing variable rates of platelet dysfunction. Elderly patients using NSAIDs are estimated to have a 4-5 to five times increased relative risk of death due to gastrointestinal hemorrhage compared with matched cohorts. Indomethacin in particular has a high rate of gastrointestinal complications when compared with other NSAIDs. That's all for this review about anti-inflammatory medications. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you've gotten any value from the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts.